It's the last utter punts of the season, so buckle up. We're going straight for the end zone. What am I working with? Dan, you have to take a, a finger. I, I feel for you all. You can do that, you'll only lose by 20. <laughs> So Las Vegas beckons the San Francisco 49ers against the Kansas City Chiefs. Mr. MVP versus Mr. Irrelevant. Who's your money on come Sunday? It's incredibly boring. How is that boring? Yeah, uh, Carol. Shut up. You. <laughs> if anybody mentions Taylor Swift, it's a straight red card and a two-pod ban. We got everything right last week. Yeah, cruised it last week. I'm pretty sure I only got one wrong. Professional, one wrong. <laughs> Unbelievable. I tell you what, I tell you what, it's <laughs> Yes, welcome along to episode 22 of Utter Punts in association with endzonekit.co.uk and Beer Keller. It's eighth on the list of the most watched sporting events worldwide, but all eyes on Allegiant Stadium right here on Utter Punts. With me in Manchester, it's our resident NFL statistical whiz kid. It's Dan Horton. You are right, mate? Yeah, good to you. Yep, sound as a pound. Yeah. In Birmingham, if Dan brings the stats, this guy brings the gut feeling. It's Big Dave. I like food. You're not wrong. <laughs> That's absolutely not what I intended, <laughs> but... OK, on the way, where you might want to put your money. Who's got the best chance of taking the Lombardi Trophy home? And we will do our very own version of the Oscars, the Utter Punts Oscars. This is your one-stop shop for the NFL. This is Utter Punts. Right then, ladies and gentlemen, let's get this party started, shall we? Um... It is the biggest event on the NFL calendar and it rolls around in just a few days' time. This Sunday in Las Vegas at Paradise, Nevada, technically, Allegiant Stadium, and it is the Niners against the Chiefs. Uh, before we get into the news, are we excited about this Super Bowl? No. No. <laughs> Why? Um, I just, I don't know. I just, um, it's only, only inspiring, I think. There's not really a narrative, there's not really a story. Um, it's not like an underdog story. Either one of these teams could win it, should win it. Not a surprise if either one wins it, really. Um, or I'd be surprised if the Chiefs won it, to be fair. Um, but I just, I don't know. They, unless you're rooting for sort of Brock Purdy, which not a lot of people are for some reason, I don't know why. But I just, I don't know. It just feels a bit flat. But I'm bound to say that because um, I've still not really recovered from last Sunday, to be honest. Yeah. So I'm I'm probably just a bit flat. But the, And these are also just to the two longest weeks of the year. We go game, 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 Thursday, Sunday, Monday, Thursday, Sunday, Monday, Thursday, Sunday, Monday for eight, 20 weeks. And all of a sudden, when we, we don't have football for two weeks, and it just sort of, um, it always feels a bit flat. but Loses its walk. momentum a bit. Well, the, how could it lose a physical force? It's a shame. understand what your question was. Um, but no, I, I think it just, the whole season just sort of stops and then tries to restart for one game. And I think that's a big expectation on one game. But yeah, there's good, two good teams and it'll be a good game once it starts. Dave, are you excited about it? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Gets us closer to the draft. Uh, it's, 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 you're just ticking off the events now, aren't you, until the draft starts? I have been since we signed Kirk Cousins in 2017. Yeah. <laughs> you been, what, just to, to which draft, though? Like, you reckon this is the one where he goes? It's when they re-sign him this year. Be really we're, we're probably going to re-sign him again, yeah. I mean, it, 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 it's one of those, like, until we get rid of that elastoplast, that band-aid... We're, we're just going to be middle of the road at best. But that's not I, I think point. he's. I think he's still so frustrated that he's actually stabbing his notepad with a pen or something on the table. I was a little bit, yeah. 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 I, yeah. I, deep breath in, deep breath out, and if we can avoid stabbing anything, that would be great over the course of the next hour. Yeah. Hold on. Back spasm. 
Okay, we're good. Uh, <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I am looking forward to it, mainly because of our show, because our show's going to be amazing. Like, the, the, we're going to have 200 people at the Beer Keller. We've got some pals of ours turning up as well. Some listeners who apparently do listen to this show and enjoy what we do because it's all right and it damn provides a bit of detail. You provide a little bit of direction. I'm along for a ride, um, and quite quite honestly, it's uh, it's going to be um, it's it's going to be cracking every weekend. So I'm I'm proper looking forward to the Super Bowl just for our show, um, and yeah, even if it does mean I'm gonna have to sort of like go up over a two day period because of my back, crying out loud, man. But yeah, it should it should be great. Also, the Ravens aren't there, so I don't have to sit there and watch Dan look all happy. <laughs> Or unhappy. Oh, 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 yeah, I mean, like, we'll, we'll get on We've got news items to come, haven't we? And yeah. I feel like one of them is very important. We have. If you could sit on that right hand for me and prevent you from continuing Sorry. to stab that pen into that pad, that would be really handy. Otherwise, we're going to have basically a drum beat to the whole podcast. It's literally um, a stab. Yeah, well, no, yeah I, I, I get where you're coming from. Um, yeah, we are at Beer Kello. It's going to be brilliant. Hopefully, you'll see loads of bits and pieces on social media over the course of, over the course of the next week or so. Um, unfortunately, it is all sold out. So uh, I can't invite you to come along. I can't invite you to get involved. We've sold all of the tickets, and it's going to be a right rip roaring show. We've got loads planned, and if you're coming down, uh, I hope you have a great night. Um, let's go on to the news, shall we? Um, do you want to go first, Dave? Yeah. Should we talk about um, uh, the um, the Ravens? stabbing the stabbing the. Because, 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 because I feel like it needs to roll, Liam. I will stop it. But no, I mean, obviously, last week I, I missed the episode. My back's been giving me some jibs. Yeah. So I tag, tagged in Ollie, who, you know, told everyone about my high heels. Appreciate it all. Very good, mate. <laughs> um, yeah, and Ollie, yeah, it? there was just a phrase that stuck with me that then became the, the episode title as well. And that, that was, it's going to be like they've got a buzzsaw stuck in their face. And Dan, I just wanted to say, it was a great turn of phrase. I don't know what happened, but I do hate the referees. Um, it was it was one of those where all that needed to happen, at some point, I just kept thinking it. At one point, I sent Ollie a text. I was like, just let Dan know. It'll be all right. Baltimore just needs to get a little bit of momentum here. And it just never happened. It really annoyed me. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, it's a bit, oh, okay. Well, it, it did, it did, didn't it? I mean, they in the second half, shut the Kansas City offense down completely, outgained out, out them. I think three to one in the in the second half, and two red zone turnovers, and you, you can't shut, you turn the ball over any time in any game. It's difficult doing that in a playoff game. is really difficult doing it three times. is It's a cardinal sin when you're not getting the ball. So lose the turnover battle three 0 and then when two of those turnovers are in the in, one on the one yard line and one in the end zone, and you can say well, it should have been pass interference unlikely. I don't think he should have thrown the ball. I honestly don't think he should have thrown the ball there. But no. nine times out of ten, that's probably called for pass interference because there was definite contact before the ball, while well, the ball was in the air. So yeah. you get either of those calls, you know, the game's very different. Cause I don't think the Chiefs were going to score again. Um, and I, I think I said that to to these boys at half time. I, I can't see them scoring because the Ravens tightened up on their very much really so. well. It's a sign of what will happen on on Sunday, I think. Um, and the Ravens just couldn't convert the points because they had they had the yards. They moved the ball well on the Chiefs. This, this, the Chiefs defense. I think they did everything right. Um, and unfortunately, two turnovers cost them the game. But I, I think um, a bounce of a ball a different way, and I think that's a, a very convincing victory. So the, the the tackle unlikely as the pass was coming in. That was in, in the moment I knew that was a, a first down at the one yard line, and I was astounded it wasn't given. Um, I it, it it was not quite as bad as. Um, 
Was it the Saints when the rule got changed for a year to an, an even more appalling rule yeah, where they could constantly it. review it? Um, I mean, that, that, that was a, a worse one. But yeah, for, for me, the game was so close. It was so tight. I think you've got to give kudos to, to the Chiefs um, for their competitive spirit, their experience, the fact that they did dig in. Um, and also, I just enjoyed being proven right about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Aren't they fun in the NFL, Dan? Aren't they? No, they're not, yeah. are they? <laughs> a lot of Ravens fans really upset with Travis Kelsey. Obviously, he was he was acting the uh, the big man. But do you know what? You go thirteen for thirteen and one hundred and fifty yards and a touchdown. You act, the, act the big man. You are the big man. He, he won that game for them. Some of those catches were, you know, one in one in fifty completions, and he he made them. But the touchdown. I mean, I could talk about it for hours, really, because the coverage from Cal Hamilton, who, by the way, was for me, the best player on the pitch, it, it, absolutely the best player on the field that night, um, and was unlucky because the coverage on Kelsey couldn't have been any tighter. And where Mahomes put the ball on the shoe straps, you know, on the back, on a, not, it wasn't a back shoulder throw, it was a back heel throw. I mean, it was an awesome, only one place to put the ball. And that catch, the catch where Mahomes is, I think they're third and nine, and Mahomes scrambles and flips it in the air, and he does like a, a, a gippy catch. I mean, it, those plays are just, they're absolute heartbreakers for a team. And when they have those players playing like that, it was, it was a tough night. Well done to the Chiefs. They deserve to win. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it wasn't an awful lot of fun to be sat next to you, to be honest. I, I, and, and I get it. You know, when you're that passionate about something and things aren't going your way, it becomes um, it becomes quite difficult to sit there in a room full of people that you don't know and uh, and and you know try and have a smile on your face. I, even I was struggling towards the end of that. Uh, <laughs> it's my team, you knob. Um, uh, Cliff Kingsbury, you're talking about? Yeah, only because it's, it, there's a bit of a, uh, a bit of a backstory with Cliff. Um, it, when he came, obviously, probably most people know him from being the Arizona Cardinals coach, head coach, um, a couple of years ago with Kyler Murray. They they signed him to a big five year contract uh, last year with the GM, and then with him on the year after, they brought him in to, to develop Kyler Murray. I I would say uh, because he'd had really good success developing other quarterbacks in the game. So he developed. He was with he was at Texas A and M with. Um, Patrick Mahomes, uh, for example, when Patrick Mahomes came out. He's also worked with Baker Mayfield. He's worked with Case Keenum, I think. Um, and, you know, he did get a decent run of Kyler Murray, although Kyler Murray got injured. And then Clinsbury got sacked after signing the five-year contract, which was a bit odd. The Cardinals wanted to move on. He went back to be the offensive... I think he was an offensive specialist. He wasn't the offensive coordinator at USC. He was um, a specialist on, on the team, Consultant. working with Caleb Williams, who's the much-touted, probably the first overall pick in this year's draft. Now, what's interesting to me is that, A, he's got another job in the NFL because sometimes it takes a bit longer for them to come back. Um, but he was very close to signing a contract with the Raiders. So he, the Raiders offered him a contract, and he was, he was all but going to Las Vegas to uh, join up with the Raiders uh, and their new coaching staff there. And at the 11th hour, basically, pulled out and ended up at the, as an offensive coordinator with the Washington Commanders. Now, I think the Commanders are trying to make a splash, new ownership. They're trying to change the fate of that franchise. <coughs> And going and getting the, the, the quarterback coach or someone that's quarterback friendly with Kelly Williams makes you think, A, are the commanders going to make a real move and move up to number one? They're only at number two. They'd have to move up one to take Kelly Williams and let him work with Cliff Kingsbury again. Or are they planning on letting him work with Sam Howell, uh, who had a decent year, I think, yeah. in a bad team? Or are they making? Are they going to take number two overall, maybe a Drake May, maybe a Jalen Daniels, and they're going to bring Kingsbury in to work with the young quarterback? I just think... It's an interesting one to watch what they do now in the draft and how they move that forward because I think they have got a decent young quarterback, but do they want the name? Do they want a Drake May in that building to work around for the next 10 years? Interesting. Mm -hmm. I guess we'll find out, won't we? Um, 
Final bit of news before we move on, because I'm aware that we've got quite a bit to get through, because we do want to give you a detailed look through on the on the Super Bowl and, and what we think about what's going to happen. And we've got our awards to do as well. Uh, I'm going to talk about the little bit of news that came out in the last 24 hours or so, and that is that the Eagles have been announced as hosting the Brazil game mm -hmm. next season. So this is Roger Goodell, again, came out in a news conference on Monday. So yesterday, we're recording this on a Tuesday this week. Um, they will be the host team the game's going to be played on the Friday of the opening weekend. So essentially, the second game of the NFL season will be played in Brazil. The opponent's going to be named a little bit later on when the 2024 schedule gets released in the spring. Um, but that's going to be Philadelphia's first international game since 2018. So it's going to be a little while since they've mm -hmm. been on the road like that. I just think this is part of the expansion plans of the NFL, obviously. I, I, it's very early in the season to be taking a a game on the road and interesting that um, the Eagles have been the ones to put their hands up and agree to being able to do this because I, I can't imagine that it's a you know it's something that everybody would want to do as a home game first game of the season for them uh, these teams I mean I think you're right first of all it's it's a classic NFL isn't it that they oh, the fact they've got the opening game of the season on the Thursday isn't enough now they want Thursday Friday and Sunday, and Monday twice. Um, so it's just classic. And it's only so long until they, they force the college game to move and they have Saturday night as well, isn't it? Um, I think from a from a team wanting to do it point of view, the, some of these teams identify markets and they think, let's make South America our area. You know, the, Jag, the Jags did it, have done it successfully with London and, and the UK games. They've become a, a much more supported franchise in the UK based on the fact that they come every year. Uh, the Patriots tried to do it with Germany, so they're playing the Germany games. And maybe the, maybe the Eagles are fancy and open up a market in South America because wherever the NFL goes, money flows, doesn't it? And, yeah. you know, they could sell a million Jalen Hurts shirts and um, and build a real big fan base for themselves. So good luck to them. And, and it's, you know, people will complain about it. The Americans generally will complain about it because it's their game being leaked out and diluted across the world. But Philly tough. fans will moan because they, I mean, as Dave will tell you, that any opportunity to have a win, Dave, and they'll take it. And this will be an opportunity to do exactly that. It was also an opportunity to leave Philadelphia for a weekend, so surely that's a good thing. <laughs> I'm not sure if you're a Philadelphia right, that's a positive thing, is it? Okay, I don't think they ever want to leave. They don't want people coming in, they don't want to go anywhere. I never used to have coaching staff as well in the off season, haven't they? Yeah, really yeah it's much better than last year, so mm. I might not be taking them in the game this year. Um but um but yeah, I mean for for me, the Eagles are uh, a franchise which should ride their current high uh, in order to try to expand, get a little bit more revenue in. Uh, why not? I mean, it's a business at the end of the day. Um, but I do think that they are... Um, I, I, I'm not sure what structure the NFL is going to go with in the future. There was talk of an NFL Europe. There was talk of four extra teams started in Europe, two in, two in London, two mm -hmm. elsewhere. I, I personally hate that idea. Um, but I'm a Vikings fan. Just because a team started up in London wouldn't mean a thing to me. But if it improved the sort of growth of the game in the country, I can kind of understand it. I just don't think with the additional travel, the different rules around taxation, the fact that I don't think we should be giving them preferential treatment, even if they are a big company coming in, um, that should end. That's just not fair in society generally. Um, and it's it, it's something which they can, they can want to expand all they want. But if I was them, but I focus on doing is putting a product on in the states which turns into a tourist attraction get yourselves to a point where you've all got 100,000 seat stadiums for every franchise because people are literally coming in keep that going in the states like make more tickets available make tickets available to UK fans not at ridiculous prices because we've got to play train playing fares as well to get over people will flock to the NFL wherever it is just just make it easier invest in that
invest in that infrastructure first and foremost. And that's how I think the NFL will truly grow. I think these, the, these games elsewhere, they're great for a little bit, but it kind of dilutes the product at home. Jacksonville have been doing really, really well out of London, but that's kind of robbing the people of Jacksonville the opportunity to rob that yeah, team. Yeah, I get that. I get that. I, I understand it. Uh, Dave, just so you know, the surgical team is on their way. So too the vet with the tranquilizer dart. One to take you down. The other one to chop your hand off for continuing to pound on that notepad. Um, Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's move on, shall we? Um, by hearing next from one of our belting sponsors, endzonekit.co.uk. Instead of me waxing lyrical about them, here's how you can find out a bit more. Utterpunts is proudly sponsored by one of the best kit suppliers out there, Endzone Kit. Endzone is a transatlantic company whose mission is to make finding kits a little bit easier and a little bit more affordable so you can represent your favourite American sports teams. Whether you're looking for NFL, college football, baseball, hockey or basketball memorabilia, Endzone's got you covered. With sizes from newborn up to 3XL, anyone can find something at endzonekit.co.uk. And one of the things that we love is that they have a whole range of retro and pre-loved gear so you can rock your vintage style while supporting your team. So why not head to endzonekit.co.uk and find yourself a bargain. And because you listen to Utter Punts, you can have a 15% discount at checkout when you use the code PUNTS. endzonekit.co.uk, the place to go for your American sports kit. Uh, delighted if you're coming to Beer Keller at the weekend they're coming too and we cannot wait to have them they're going to bring a load of gear with them a load of merch there's going to be a stall set up for you to buy whatever you'd like uh, including for sale limited run of our brand new certified helmet t-shirts they are in stock they are ready to go they're for sale right now on the endzonekit.co.uk website and they'll be for sale for £15 a t-shirt uh, if you're coming down to Beer Keller if you're not coming to Beer Keller as I say they are for sale right now on that website but there is a very limited run um, they're class they yeah, are class I tell you what we'll do. If you're watching on YouTube now, we'll pop a little picture up in the corner so you can see exactly what they look like in advance. If you're watching or listening on any other platform, get yourself over to YouTube, hit subscribe, share with a friend. That would be absolutely marvellous. Shall we talk about the Super Bowl, gents? Hmm. Shall we? I think we should. All right. Oh, sure. Uh, so, Allegiant Stadium, half past 11 kickoff UK time. So, if you're wondering whether you need to stay up very, very late, the answer to the question is, of course you bloody do. It's in America. Um, at half 11 kickoff UK time, which means it will probably go on till three-ish, depending on how long Usher goes on for, who is the halftime entertainment. San Francisco 49ers against the Kansas City Chiefs. This is potentially the best team in the NFL against, I don't know how they got there. Um, but, uh, you know, that's the long and the short. player in the, the NFL. The best um, Yeah, the best the player. Yeah, OK, fair enough. Yeah, um, who hasn't necessarily had the best offence this season, but somehow has still managed to make it work. Quite incredible, really. Um, who do you want to start with? Should we start with the Niners? Should we do a little bit of talk about the Niners and how we think they'll get on and, and why they're there and, you know, what chance they've got? Dave, do you want to go first on this one, mate? Yeah, I mean, the San Francisco 49ers are... Uh... A very, very well-oiled machine. They've got a very good coach. They, he, he's got a history of taking teams uh, to success, like no doubt about it. They, they tend to have really, really good point differentials. They physically beat up the opposition. They tend to use a super high-charge power athlete kind of uh, wide receiver out of the backfield. Uh, they have dynamic running backs. They have uh, Christian McCaffrey, who... We'll get a little bit more into him later. I'm going to gloss over him a little bit, even though we are previewing Super Bowl, and I do anticipate he will have a great game. Um, 
well, at least it will be involved an awful lot. The, the 49ers are by far the best 22 in the NFL. We spoke a lot this season that there were probably um, other teams which were better than them uh, in terms of their 446, their game day 46 players. But they've always been incredibly good. And right now, they seem to have everybody coming back to a form and fitness uh, right at the right moment. So they're looking very, very formidable. Um, however, they've got the last pick in the draft from two years ago, quarterback. Now, there have been three Mr. Irrelevance to have made the Super Bowl. Um, I think one of them was a kicker, Ryan Suckup. The other's a, a linebacker whose name is escaping me at the moment. Um, so he, he's basically, by far, going to be the most involved Mr. Irrelevant in, in football history uh, in the Super Bowl. And hopefully it lasts longer than his, um, the, the playoff game that put him out last year. He's been exceptional all year. He's showed poise. He's showed a great ability to actually break the pocket at the right moments, not just run the ball, but do it at the right times. Um, and overall... He doesn't look like someone who should have been drafted last in the draft, which makes all the draft, every future draft, all the more exciting for me because um, a number one pick can bust and the last overall pick can potentially win a Super Bowl. Um, I am kind of rooting for him. Of these two teams, um, I think that the best story in it is Purdy and also the fact that Christian McCaffrey is challenging the uh, running backs don't matter um, sort of clique, if you like, that have been gaining analytical ground. Um, he's a different form of running back. He didn't even get 100 yards against the Ravens, but he caught an extra few passes and went for two touchdowns. Uh, sorry, Dan. I am sorry. But the, the, the San Francisco 49ers show themselves to be a, a team more than capable of winning the Super Bowl. But they're up against the Chiefs team, which... 55 the odds. I'm, I'm, I really, really am stuck with, with, with this game. I keep Everything is telling me the, the, the 49ers are by far the superior team in this game. However, however, it comes down to coaching. And what Carl Shanahan did do once, he was the offensive coordinator of a team that were 23-3 up in the Super Bowl and ended up losing. He's a man... He's a man who loves Kirk Cousins. He loves chokers. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, they're, they're an incredible team. Their defence is great. They're well coached in every position. They're, they're, they change up the scheme. They attack the areas of weakness on the opposition. They should win the Super Bowl. But... It's the yeah. NFL, right? Well, yeah, any, anything can happen. As we, oh. And we saw that championship weekend as well, didn't we? We did, yeah. And, and you know, you look at that championship game weekend and, and they were... You know, they were in trouble against Detroit. Um, but I think Detroit have something that Kansas City don't, and that was they had a hell of a lot of speed. And I, if, when you watch that game back, <coughs> excuse me, when you watch that game back, and when you watch previous games this season when they've struggled, they've struggled against uh, fast teams and fast offences. Mm -hmm. Jermaine Gibbs, Sam Laporta, Amara St. Brown, they, um, they had a lot of pace, and I think that caused them a problem at the start of the game. Um, I don't think the Chiefs have got that speed on their offence. Their offence is much slower much more basic um, really well executed it's a fantastic and I love Patrick Mahomes but I don't think um, I think the defence was exposed by his pace which I don't think the Chiefs have got yeah. um, and I think you can expose the Ravens exposed uh, the, the 49ers defence with the same thing they hit the outside of the edges on the runs um, they took away the pass rush and 
they had a lot they had a lot of fun and I think Detroit did the same but then ran out of power be- and what what you can say about this Southern San Francisco team is they will score 30 points yeah and 10, 10 30 plus points games this season for, yeah. for them it's unbelievable so uh, I, you know a great offense probably one of the greatest offenses probably certainly the best offense I think balanced wise in the last 20 years it might even be better than that because when you watch it they can attack you in so many different ways and while yeah. they've got Trent Williams healthy and their line healthy they, they've not lost all season with those players playing um, and I think that they can do so much and I think they can do so much against the Blitz which is what the, the Chiefs did a lot last week what they did against the Bills I don't think they can do that against uh, this San Francisco team because of McCaffrey and because of Kittle and because of Debo Samuel um, there's just so many short options for Purdy to hit um, so they, they, the, the 49ers will score a lot of points here um, and I just cannot see the, how the Chiefs keep up with them I think I think the firepower of this San Francisco team is their big big weapon Um and, and I just think, I think they'll ride that. And as long as they convert the points, if they score 30 points, the Chiefs can't. Yeah, no, I, I think you're absolutely right. Interesting that um, we were talking about the Detroit Rush D last mm. week and how we thought that they might be capable of stopping the San Francisco Rush offense and specifically Christian McCaffrey. They didn't. He ran for over 75 yards. That I streak... They, that streak, you weren't here, so His your line, opinion doesn't the count. The line was 95. Um, yeah. He was well under it. Yeah. But still. Just the point. The stat is, when he rushes for over 75 yards, the Niners tend to win. 12-1 yeah. and one when he goes for 75-plus yards. I, how, do, how do Kansas City defend the run? They're terrible. Yeah. Um, yeah <laughs> that's kind of the point they can't do, Especially on the edge of the... And it's yeah. quite so, so perplexing last week that they didn't run the ball. But... Um, Listen, yeah, and San Francisco will run the ball, but it's not just McCaffrey. Deeb will run the ball. Yeah. You know, Elijah, Elijah Mitchell's had a light season. He's fresh. He'll run the ball. I they, could do it. they could do it from all, all places, all over the yeah. field. And I think that's a real problem for Kansas City. But, listen, what we know about Kansas City is they are resilient. They will have a plan. They will have a plan at the start of this game, and they will put a bloody nose on the 49ers early. And can the 49ers respond? Because when we've seen them under pressure this year, when teams have punched them in the mouth, the Browns, the Ravens, They've not done well. They've not responded well They don't well like to it. it back up and do they? They do not like it no, up and they, 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 and, No, and, they don't. And what Detroit did last week was they, they out-finessed um, them, but they mm. didn't beat them. Um, they didn't get into them on the lines. And I think if the Kansas City Chiefs can do that, Chris Jones, they're a good player, you know, and they've got a good offensive line. I, they, they can put a blue nose on it. Then it's how the 49ers respond. There's, there's a way I see this game going and being played out. Um I can go one or two ways, but it starts with Kansas City getting a fast start and scoring points, and I think they'll lead at halftime. And it's, can the 49ers team, coached by Kyle Shanahan, not panic, get the ball to their star players <coughs> and control the game and come back? Because I think that's what they will do. Uh, what you're hearing with Dan, by the way, is what happens when you have a young child at nursery. Um, all of the diseases. His house is like a Petri dish. <coughs> so healthy. So healthy. Um, I saw a stat this week that really made me smile and highlights the difference between... Uh, Patrick Mahomes and Brock Purdy, Dave. Patrick Mahomes, we've seen on the Netflix series, beautiful house, uh, you know, in lovely grounds, nice cars. Brock Purdy splits his rent with a roommate. Brock Purdy still has a roommate and he still splits his rent. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, look, look for me, that, that, that's, that's the true story of the Super Bowl. Like, yeah. the man taken last in the draft could go win it. The issue for me is, I honestly believe that Andy Reid is a better head coach than Carl Shanahan. Um, yeah. And that's why, like I said, I, I think they're a fantastic team. I think the Niners should go and do it. 
I don't want the tubes to do it. And pretty much everything I haven't wanted this season has come true. So, <laughs> so, but it's not just based on that. It is based on the fact that Shanahan has not yet won a Super Bowl. And I think getting over that, that hurdle, that mental hurdle, when he should have won one, he definitely should have taken one when he, he's... Uh, uh, and it wasn't... You can't just blame the defence that day against the no, Patriots. No. Um, when we're through by a, a 27-3 lead. 28-3, Dave. 28-3. Oh, that's oh, wow. right. Yeah. Is, it, is that right? It was 28-3. 28-3, yeah. Uh, how, how do you do that? In the third quarter. In the Super Bowl. <laughs> having, having seen the Patriots leave the field with uh, Edelman turning around to Brady and saying, can we still do this? And Tom saying, I don't know. <laughs> they scored They scored points in their first five drives yeah. and then didn't get a first down on the next seven. Unbelievable. So when it, when, it, when, it, when it completely unwinds for, Sha- for, for Shanahan, it, it does... Um, yeah. The, like, Carl Shanahan has had... That whole tree is fantastic. Um, there's some interesting stats about how the, uh, the defence of the Ravens has been doing against the Shanahan tree that I was having a look at this week. Um, and it just seemed incredibly interesting that they're all... In- getting more out of the Ravens' defence than anybody else previously has been, those, those trees. But the coaches that are on it are unreal. So you've got Shanahan, you've got McVeigh, you've got um, that whole tree now which started, took root, uh, the new head coach of the Titans is another one, right? There's, there's a fantastic line of coaches there, but they're not Andy Reid. And realistically... They all base themselves on what Reed has been doing for a long, long time, particularly in the passing game. Don't get me wrong, I know they've got a completely different structure to what they're doing, but it's the misdirect, it's the showing one thing and doing another. He was the, the grandmaster of that. And whilst there's this entire Shanahan tree out there, which is an incredible tree of coaches, maybe, maybe Andy Reed is, is the one who just sits above them all. I think what Andy Reid does better than anybody, um, and I don't disagree with you, Dave. I think he is—he's phenomenal. I, don't, I, don't think, I still don't think he gets the the recognition he deserves, really, because he's probably because he's been around the same time as Belichick and these sort of players and Tomlin. I think Reid is—he's undoubtedly the best coach at the moment. Um, what he does very well is he, he game scripts the first twenty plays of a game incredibly well, um, and in big games he comes in with a game plan. And you saw that last week. You saw it against the Bills. They they come out and they hit many different wings. It's such good balanced offense, and that's that's all script. That's all work in the in the in the tape room before they come out. And having a quarterback that executes that really well is a key. But Andy Reid's ability to to pick defenses apart to start a game is is second to absolutely nobody. Absolutely nobody. I, I, I can't wait. This is going to be so interesting to be able to sit and watch the game with the pair of you as it's going on. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. We will have a little look specifically at the Kansas City Chiefs in just a second. First, though, is a bit of this. Essentially, we were using that little uh, that little thing as uh, an opportunity for everybody to cough. As, when I say everybody, I mean I mean Dan. Um, <laughs> right, okay. Kansas City Chiefs, sixth trip to the Super Bowl. Um, they beat the 49ers, of course, back in Super Bowl 54. Mm-hmm. 54. Uh, 31-20, that one was, wasn't he? Uh, Patrick Mahomes is 3-0 and against the Niners. Um, is he enough, Dan? Is Patrick Mahomes on his own enough to beat the San Francisco 49ers? Patrick Mahomes on his own is enough to beat anybody. Um, fact. 
Well, then give me some stats. I'll give you some stats. That, that what concerns me about Patrick Mahomes is his stats in the playoffs, okay? 17 games in the playoffs, um, 738 yards. Let's do that there. And it's 39 touchdowns, seven interceptions. <laughs> it's Patrick Mahomes and a, and a QB rating of 108, so that's 282 yards per game. Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, three games, five touchdowns, four interceptions. Okay. Quarterback rating of 79. Um, and only 246 yards a game. Interesting. He hasn't played well in the Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes. Um, not very much different to the quarterback we see in the playoffs, who is untouchable in the playoffs. But actually, when he gets to the Super Bowl, he doesn't play well. If you remember the Super Bowl against Tampa, struggled. The, the Super Bowl against the 49ers, he really struggled for a long time. It was only in the fourth quarter. They, they had two drives and scored 14 points that it, game. They, were, they should have lost that game. The game against Tampa was his bad ankle, wasn't it? That was... No, that was, uh, that was the Eagles. The game against Tampa was he had no offensive line. <laughs> <coughs> and he ran some like 250 yards behind the line of scrimmage um, and they lost 31-9 to Tampa um, but he had he lost his offensive line but still it's it's a shocking record after over three games to, to be that, that that drastically different why, why why is that the case do you think Dave? is it pressure? it could be the weight of expectation but it could also be the fact that every other team is setting up in a way where they are basically looking to stop Mahomes and they've put all of their tricks out the, the, the Tampa Bay game I remember in particular he was running for his life he was, was lit. I think wasn't the one play where he'd run 78 yards before he yeah. passed the ball but it was back and forth um, so I, I, I just he gets the best of everybody in the Super Bowl he's also probably the most scouted QB in the NFL now bearing in mind because of his success, he's having most games, therefore he's having most staff scouting against him. So when, when it does come to the big show, they, 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 they give it everything to stop him. But he's also a human being, right? And in his head, he wants to do everything that he can do to help that team. So he, he's, he, he's putting so much pressure on himself in the early stages of those games yeah. to get things going. He's hanging on to the board a little bit too long. He, he did that consistently with, um, a couple of years back. Every time they were under pressure, he was hanging on to the ball too long and inviting pressure on himself. Um, and that, that is a tendency of his, but it's also where his magic comes from. So his humour, right? Because like, there's that thing against the, the Ravens where the guy had his ankles. And, right, yeah, anyway. Yeah, I, I don't know. Sorry. It was just another spectacular play. Um, I think you're right. What's really interesting here is that I think Patrick Mahomes is going to have to have a really good game if they're going to beat the if they're going to beat the Niners, and the the 49ers defense has only allowed four 100 plus rating games to four quarterbacks this season, so four separate quarterbacks: yeah. Burrow, Jackson, Dobbs. Do you know the fourth? Yeah, I do. Dave, do you know the fourth? No. Burrow, Jackson, Dobbs, and Kirk Cousins are the four they've allowed a hundred plus rated game to. Yeah, that's because they were trying to get us to keep Cousins. So it wasn't yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it, it was a, that was more of an aside. I think the point I'm making here is that that, that Niners defense is formidable when they're on form, and Patrick Mahomes is going to have to find a way to be brilliant, in my opinion, to give the Chiefs a chance of winning this game. Yeah, I think you're right, but and, and it, but I think he was brilliant against Baltimore. And they only scored 17 points and not a single point in the second half. Yeah, that's and you, true. And, you know, I, I just can't see you getting away with that again. But I don't know how much better he can play on his own. The, the weakness, there is a weakness in this 49ers defence, and it's the secondary. I think Jadarius Ward's a good player, but I think their safeties and corners are exposable like to speed. speed. Um, uh, pardon? I quite like Sneed. 
Oh, no, he's on Patrick Chiefs, Chiefs yeah. Yeah, I, I like him as well. Yeah, yeah I was, I, I was looking earlier, I was like, he's the best quarterback in this uh, game. Yeah, yeah but the Chiefs have got a good secondary, but the 49ers haven't, and that, that you can expose them with a bit of speed. And But I don't, you know, have the Chiefs got the players to beat them? Marcus Vettis-Scaldin, maybe, but they really got two good yeah. games together. Does he's around a wide receiver who's put anything together, but he hasn't looked as fluid in his route running since he's been carrying the injury he's had. No, um, he's not got blistering pace either. No, he hasn't. He, and the rest of them can't catch a ball, which does now. Yeah. Well, come to that shortly. Mm. No, no. It's like, like, when you stack it up logically and you, and you look at the, the personnel groups, you, you do have to sort of go with, well, the, the Niners just look so powerful. But then you look at the QBs and you see Patrick Mahomes rather than the last pick in the draft. Brilliant where he's been. I'm not criticising the guy. We said it early. We could see early that he had what it took. Yeah. Um, the, so it, it, it's it's not as though we're, we're, we're disparaging Purdy, but there's a world difference, I believe, between Purdy and Mahomes. Um, and I also think that the, the big advantage, the huge advantage for me, is, is Andy Reid. Um, and I just don't know whether or not that's enough to even it all up. So, like I said, I am looking forward to this game. I think it's going to be a very, very close game um, when all said and done. At least I hope it is, because close Super Bowls are the best ones. Yeah, don't like, don't like blowouts. Um, you were going to mention the fact that... Um that they can't oh, we mention them that later yeah yeah okay we'll mention that later uh look let time to put money where mouth is um we always try and give you some guidance to where to stick your sports betting over the course of a game this seems like a good opportunity to do that here um dan have you got a bet for us i think the fight nines win the game uh, but a couple of bets yeah i've got a couple of shorter ones so mccaffrey touchdown pacheco touchdown and both teams um to go and both of those guys have over 100 yards okay total. He's uh, nine to two, which I think is a good bet. Think yeah. score, um, and the bigger one is a, um, Christian McCaffrey to score first for San Francisco, and Juwan Jennings to score at any time for San Francisco is fourteen to one. All right, okay. That, the, way, the way I see this game going is, I think the Chiefs will lead. I think they'll lead early. I think it'll be seventeen ten, seventeen seven at half time, and then I think the Forty Nineers will come away, and I think it'll be forty two twenty. Wow, I think it'll so be an absolute wide in the second half. Wide margin. Uh, Dave, what have you gone for? No, we've so, got the stats here. Come on. This is where I want the gut feeling from Big Dave. That's what I want. Oh, damn it. Yeah, okay. I'll just give you the gut feeling. So basically, uh, I fully appreciate what Dan said. I actually see the game going similar, but anything can happen. And I do think it's going to tighten up in this one. I just can't see Reed getting blown away by Shanahan. I can't see Shanahan being comfortable even hold, holding a lead, in, a lead in this game. So a nice little bet just to keep things interesting if it's a ridiculously close game. Is to go to overtime is nine to one. All right, okay, that's, which, that's... I, which I quite like. Uh, and then the the other one I had a little look at. It's a bet builder. It's not a massively high odds, but I think it's got half a, a half decent chance of coming in. Uh, McCaffrey anytime touchdown scorer. Uh, Rashi Rice anytime touchdown scorer. Ladarius Sneed two plus tackles and assists, and the Niners over twenty six point five rushing attempts. Hmm. Okay. Um, will you boys do me a what was that five to five to one yeah five to one Uh, will you boys do me a favour this week we will put something out on socials but you know how they do the really daft bets for the Super Bowl that you can can get on some of the platforms yeah Yeah, but not there yeah I was looking Will you um, will yeah, you both pick one, one and chuck it up on uh, and chuck it up on socials so people can have a little look at it a little bit later in the week? Would that be all right? Maybe beautiful. Thank you. Was the last year someone turning up blonde? <coughs> That, that was Rihanna, wasn't it? Rihanna yeah. turning up. 
turned yeah. someone pregnant instead. Uh, yes, she definitely did. <laughs> uh, right, okay, good stuff. Um, we'll part that for the time being. Let's move on because we still want to do our Otter Punts Awards. But first, I want to talk to you about the Fantasy Game Day app. The guys are absolutely fantastic. The app is absolutely brilliant. And in really good news, they are running a Super Bowl game, which is absolutely what we wanted here. £7.50 to get your fantasy team entered. But if you do so and register with the code punch, you get a free £7.50 entry so you can put two teams in if you want to um, or certainly keep it in the bank for the start of next season if you'd rather do that instead um, we always try and pick a couple of players that might be really handy to have um, I, 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 straightforward I would imagine you haven't got all that many to pick from this time out so Dan who have you gone with? I think, I think you're right. So it's tough because you know everyone's going to have McCaffrey, everyone's going to have Mahomes, probably. Mm-hmm. You're going to have Kelsey in there or Kittle. So we need so a point of difference. You need to find somebody that's going to make a difference who's cheap. So your flex player, I, I, I'm tipping Joanne Jennings, I think, for the 49ers. Chiefs have been really good at taking away number one receivers. Um, really good at taking away number one receivers. Um, Joanne Jennings will make plays. He will be in the game. He will be in the game plan. He will get some receptions. He will certainly score points. Um, and I think he's cheap at £2,900. I think he's cheaper than sort of Justin Watson, um, which seems odd to me. Um, but I, I think Joanne Jennings will have a decent game. There's always a player in the Super Bowl who isn't on anyone's list of touchdown scorers who has a blinder. It's Joanne Jennings. All right, cool. Dave was flashing his app at us because obviously he's, he's got himself ready to go. What have you got, mate? Uh, I've got Joanne Jennings. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Right. I love it. And love anyway, it. I'm sure we follow the same logic, mate, which was exactly that. There's always somebody that they suddenly open up to. I've gone with a, a very San Francisco heavy team because um, I trust them to make more yards after catch, and I think that's going to be a necessary thing in this particular uh, event. Um, so... One little thing that I did notice earlier, and I'm taking advantage of it myself, is the fact that he's probably going to play, but most are, not most are, Pacheco uh, is actually carrying an injury at the moment. And uh, Perrine, 3,100, is back up for him. He's only rated to get 1.75 fantasy game day points, but even if it does happen there, it could open up some opportunities, and that's allowed me to fill my team with pretty much every heavy hitter in the, in the game. Nice. So, yeah. Love it, love it. Uh, we are going to do the Utter Punts Awards coming up right after this. Right, so uh, we did this last season. We thought we would do it again this season. It's really simple. You're going to pick, you two are going to pick your game of the year, your play of the year, your Utter Punts helmet of the year, obviously, rookie of the year and MVP of the season. You're both going to pitch your nominations to me I'm going to make a final call on who wins the award. It's that straightforward. We are going to start with game of the year. Dave, you're going first. Who have you picked for your game of the year for this season? The game of the year that I have picked is the Texans versus the Bengals from November, which, yeah. bear with me for two seconds, uh, finished 30-27 to the Houston Texans. Uh, the Bengals got off to a lead. Joe Burrow was playing. Um, and... It looked like the rookie was going to be taken to task by Joe Burrow. A, a fantastic quarterback with a great wide receiving core around him. That O-line was a little bit dodgy at the time, but let's, let's not, it's always it's in dodgy Cincinnati. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but then a rookie took over. And for, for me, this is a coming out game for CJ Stroud in terms of how, how he was able to help them to just completely climb back into the game. They, they scored 10 points in the second quarter. They scored, they, and then that gave them a three-point lead. The lead changed hands six times 
in the game, I think, if, I, if, if, if my checks are correct. Uh, and basically it came down to a field goal winning kick that was set up on the last drive by the rookie quarterback, CJ Stroud, to send the Texans home 30-27 winners against the Bengals. Which it's a really good shout. It was an amazing game. I didn't care for either team particularly, and yet I, I actually watched it avidly. So... Good stuff. Uh, right, so that's nomination number one. Nomination number two comes from Dan. Yeah, I struggled. I, I don't think there's been a great game this year, um, which is an odd thing to say because I think last year there was three or four you could have picked from. Um, this year had not been a great one. So I, I looked at the, the one that stood out to me was the Detroit uh, Rams um, wildcard game from a couple of weeks ago. Okay. And the reason it stands out is because of the amount of rookie talent that was on play, um, was on show. So for the Rams, Puka Nakua, Kyron Williams both scored, but both had big games yep. uh, on the other side of the ball, um, you know, Jimmy Gibbs, Sam LaPorta, Brian Burns, uh, sorry, uh, yeah. So uh, I think the amount of talent was on show. Both these teams, I think, could have gone further. I think both will have, both have got bright futures for ahead of them. Yeah, um, Brian Branch, mate. Brian Branch, that's him, the safety. Um, so just could two teams who have gone very differently about their draft strategies over the past few years. LA Rams um, gave gave the house away to win a Super Bowl. They did win a Super Bowl. You can't take that back from yep. them. And have found players later in the draft, Nakua and, and Williams. And the Detroit Lions, who have built and built and built and, and traded players away to get draft capital and have gone in at high draft picks like Gibbs and Penny Sewell, who was outstanding, Sam LaPorta. Um, so they've gone about it a very different way. But I think this is a game for me that will have ramifications for the future of the game over the next few years. I think both these teams expect good things from for the next few years. That's what it's done. Uh, okay, cool. So <coughs> I'm, going, I'm going to give you a couple of other games that sort of got honourable mentions. This came from um, the punt intern, Ollie. He reckons, and I wonder whether there's a bit of recency bias here, Lions against the 49ers in the NFC Championship game was his nomination for Game of the Year. Mm -hmm. It was entertaining. It was tight. I'm not sure it beats out either of the other two. I'm actually going to give this one to Dave because of the passion of Dave. Um, Dan struggled a little bit to find the game. Dave, you were really taken with Bengals, Texans, and particularly with, with CJ Stroud, which is reflected a little bit later on uh, in some of our nominations too. So our game of the year here on Utter Punts is uh, that Bengals-Texans game. So good work. Play of the year is the next one. Um, there were so many to choose from. I found myself down a YouTube rabbit hole a little bit earlier on watching great plays from this season, and there were absolutely stacks of them. Dan, which one did you pick out of all of those incredible plays? Yeah, I mean, you can pick great plays every week. The skill and talent of these players is fantastic. But I always look, when it's player of the year, I think of something that was a, um, a, a ground-shifting moment and something that's sort of iconic. And I think the, the first Monday night football game, Bills at Jets, Aaron Rodgers had gone down injured. It's the anniversary of 9-11. The game goes to overtime and Xavier Gibson in overtime runs back a 65-yard punt. He's a rookie, undrafted rookie, Xavier Gibson, runs back a 65-yard punt return to end the game in overtime and, and for me that stuck with me because I think it was it, it set the tone for what should have been a fantastic season for the Jets having the, the, the downfall of Rodgers going out to come back and win the game was an iconic moment for me in a stadium on 9-11 I think we just had had everything for me so Xavier Gibson for me uh, good stuff. Dave has just sent me uh, a little message whilst we're recording to show me his play. Uh, go on Dave who have you picked? So Sorry about that. Uh, so yeah, I've picked Darren Bra uh, Bland of the um, of the Cowboys. Like this is a guy who wasn't due to start at the start of the year. Uh, Diggs was in there uh, last year's 
record pick setting player for for for, for Cowboys, um, brother of Stefan, and quite honestly, he he was going to have a great year this year, and then he had a disaster, and he and and, and out for the season, and they bought uh, Darren Bland, a guy that no one particularly had heard of, and then week one he got a pick six, and then he just carried on, <laughs> and. And for record for pick sixes in NFL history, it is four in a season. Um, he called it, and then he beat it. And when he beat it, he didn't just beat it. The play where he beat that record, he had to beat three players on that return. Yeah. He showed a shiftiness, which is not something akin to what you'd anticipate from a cornerback. Uh, and he made NFL history. And for, for me... Simply because it's, I think it's a rare thing indeed when you see a record which has stood for, what, 30, 40 years, uh, only ever previously been equaled, then suddenly someone comes along and breaks it. For me, that's player of the year. Um, because it's done something that none of the other players did do, which is to make history. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. And then he, he does cut and cut and cut yeah. again. Uh, there is an argument that somebody should have made the bloody tackle in, the, in that run for that pick six, but it, it didn't happen. There are a couple of others to mention. Uh, TJ Watts, helmetless sack against the Titans should be right up there. Thought that was, um, thought that was pretty good too. And for me, uh, if I was going to pick one uh, of my own, it would be John Jenkins with the big man touchdown for the Raiders <laughs> set to the music of Chariots of Fire yeah. as he goes rumbling over the line just for the celebration from, uh, from his teammates. It was, it was absolutely brilliant. Uh, I'm going to give this one to Xavier Gibson, I think, just uh, for the reasons that Dan's already outlined. Um, so Dan wins. Thank you. Right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> fucking mental, mate, but we'll carry on. Why? 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 His was a, a nothing punch, a, a punt return or a kickoff return, but won a game week one that meant nothing. And Darren Bland made history. And you're like, yeah, it's fine, we'll give it that. But he did, did it mean five for the other times. <coughs> it was against the Redskins. It was against the Commanders. Anyway, I could have it makes no sense whatsoever. But carry on. Carry yeah, on. Well, Be fortunately, fine, I've installed myself as the, uh, as the judge of this and your opinion means nothing. Mm-hmm. Um... Moving swiftly on before we get ourselves into trouble. Helmet of the year is where we're going next. Uh, your helmet of the year, Dan. It's got to be David Tapper, the owner of the Panthers. I mean, <laughs> I think I've nominated him four times. Yeah. Um, four or five times, definitely. So he took over the team a few years ago and he came in with this you know, attitude of, I'm a big businessman, I'm successful, I get what I want. So he signed coaches to contracts, sacked them all, so he's still paying those coaches. Last year, they started with the most expensive coaching staff in history. They're still the most expensive coaches. They're not on the coaching for them anymore because they've all been sacked, but they're still paying them. And now he's got to find another set of coaches to replace those and probably pay them more than anybody else as well because nobody really wants to work for him because he throws drinks at fans in the ground. He hasn't invested enough money in the stadium to rebuild it. And they've got a training facility on the outskirts of the ground, which he hasn't been built yet because he's waiting for $10 million from the government to support him, even though he's big money man, big money man, just not have the training facility. It's a joke. And then he gave away the house to go and tell his coach to not draft... CJ Stroud is a draft Bryce Young. Oh, um, gave away DJ Moore in the process and two first. So they've got the first round. Yeah. They've got the first pick in the draft. They're the worst team in the league, and they've not even got the first pick in the draft oh, because they're giving it to the best for Bryce Young, and they've got no one to protect Bryce Young, and it's a terrible ownership, and no one wants to work for him. I think even Bill Belichick turned the job down. I wouldn't even go for an interview. Wow, it tells you everything you need to know. And for me, they're the worst run franchise in the league, and for that reason alone. Okay, I yet I uh, I've left Dave to go second for this one because I'm intrigued about what's about to happen next. 
Dave, your this helmet is a fight of the year. I would like to see. <laughs> I can't, this way. Literally, the irresistible force <laughs> meeting an immovable object. Uh, who have you gone, helmet of the year? So, man, let me let me provide some context to this. Yeah, because it's not do. someone I particularly mentioned this year, but it's been on my radar. It's just not really been involved with American football because we're not so much an NFL show, we're an American football show, right? And there's a guy who, um, the people's champion. He did used to play American football. The self-declared yeah, people's champion who used to play and bought from Vince McMahon, the XFL, and then this year has formed the United Football League. So now he's the, uh, a league owner. Okay, mm-hmm. so he had an opportunity to do something which I've, I've wanted for years. Most sports fans I know uh, all know that there's this common time of year where there's no sport on. Yeah. Back in June, July, right? Yeah, that yeah. period there, soccer's gone, the NFL's pretty much in, and the most you're going to get is the start of the, uh, the, the training camp around the back end of July. You've not really had anything since the uh, second free agency after the uh, draft has gone. So you've got that whole sort of spell there where you've got back end of June, July, nothing happens. So why, when you're making a decision to start a new league, yeah, do you decide to start on the... 30th of March, a month before the draft. Kind of muddy in the waters, kind of confusing people as to what's going on. And not only that, that's a period where most players who are trying to get into the NFL are on the free agency block and are trying to get taken up into squads at that point, right? So you're kind of causing a crossover. And you think to yourself, but it's for Rock. The guy's a brilliant businessman. He's been the people's champ for years. And when I looked at the year that he's had, he begged the public for money. Over the fives of Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, he stood I'm with there you. and he did that. Uh, a, a, a man who is incredibly rich and incredibly successful looked people in the eye and said, Oh, give me some money, I'm going to help these people by putting in the fund, but never actually goes to the Islanders. Then he, 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 he stands there with Oprah and he does that, and then it goes on, and then you've got The Rock just doing his stuff, doing his stuff with, X, uh, with the United Football League, whatever you want to call it, mate. And he can't do that right, which annoys me. But then, and this is also true. I, no, I'm, he gets, I, no, he gets to on. a point. He gets to a point where he's so desperate for public acclaim that he's barged himself back into a WrestleMania main event. Yes, he has. Why has he done that? Because he's desperate. Now, Rocky Maivere, you gave people an awful lot of joy over the years and an awful lot of people an awful lot of time and respect for you, sir. But quite frankly, this year you've been a complete bloody helmet. Sort yourself out, you muppet. Uh, yeah, I think it's. I think it's. it's uh, yeah, okay, I'm down. Uh, other other options here could potentially have been uh, Quasi Adolfo Mensa. That oh. would have been quite nice. I think Dave might have gone along with that one. The Vikings GM. Not particularly. Uh, it's not his fault. It's for Wilfs. The on. officials all across the NFL as well could definitely have uh, <laughs> could definitely have done with a helmet award. Uh, I'm going to go with the Rock here, and here's the reason. I um I am a fan of that era of wrestling mm. thought it was great fun to watch i am a fan of the rock in general i think the way that he has transitioned out of wwe to go on and become sort of this brand i think is exceptional too however he did something not so long ago that wound me up to the point that i find it very very difficult to um enjoy him and that was he stopped when he was a kid he admitted to stealing chocolate from a 
a petrol station in his hometown, right? He said he used to go in and steal a chocolate bar every day, and that's what kept him going. And, and then he said, I'm going to go back and I'm going to put it right. And the way that he put it right was he went back to the petrol station and bought the number of chocolate bars that he thought that he'd stolen over the course of the time and took them away with him. He took them away with him. So he hasn't actually reimbursed the people that he'd been stealing from because he just bought some more. I found it absolutely astonishing. So Do therefore, you not rock, think helmet there's the a ear. clear sign that this man has lost touch? Because his last touch. Like yeah, he, people's he, champion, he, not he, anymore. He was a self-declared people's champ, and he did it as a wind-up. It was a great hill move. But people bought into it because then he started behaving in a way which made people believe he was yeah. representing their hopes, their dreams, and everything, right? But all that you're doing at the moment is looking out for yourself. You, you are... I, look, I, I made a little bit much of the time where we started the league. It's the rest of the year that makes me, quite frankly, hate you right now, Mr. Meyer. Get out of it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm fair. Uh, I, uh, you win that one, Dave. So uh, we move on to Rookie of the Year. There's so many to pick from here that could have been in with the shout. Let's make this a quickie, shall we? Dan, you're going first. Who would your Rookie of the Near Year nomination be? Uh, it's Puka Nakua for okay. me. Um, Dave mentioned it before. He's talking about uh, players breaking records. Uh, and I think that's fair with Darren Bland breaking the record for the season. Uh, Puka Nakua broke the rookie receiving record this season going back to 1960. So he'd be in more receptions than Jalen Waddle, who had 104. He had 105 catches, Puka Nakua this year. Uh, and yards was Bill Groman. We spoke about Bill Groman a yeah, few weeks ago. We did. When he broke, was due to beat the record, who scored, who received 1,473 yards. Um, Puka Nakua this year, 105 receptions, 1,486 yards and six touchdowns. Good stuff. So your nomination, Puka Nakua. Yeah. Dave's nomination is? CJ Stroud. Yeah, I get. I understand it. I understand it. Why have you gone with CJ Stroud? Does he need explaining? He's the first quarterback to come out of draft in a very long time who looked like a, a first-year starter, didn't get dropped out of the league with injury at some point for his show durability as well. Um, I actually feel like I owe him one because he was by far my favourite QB in the draft process right up until that S2 testing news came out. And yeah. then I fell for the same thing as everybody else and actually said I wouldn't have taken him because I wouldn't have taken... The other QBs in that draft, um, there's too many risks with them. And I thought that that testing basically meant that he too was too big of a risk. Yeah. My God, he broke that model. And quite frankly, um, I think that the Texans have got themselves a QB there who will keep going from strength to strength. It seems a natural uh, of reading what the defence is trying to do. Um, even his turnovers, well, he's had a few. They've generally come based on the game context and what has needed to be done being attempted. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm a huge fan. Um, I actually really do rate and appreciate the, the contribution of Puka Nukua. Like, you know, any really, really slow wide receiver who then goes on to be that productive, 4.74 either combine, um, goes on to be that productive, also breaks models. So fully respect that choice, Dan. Still think we're saying they give someone with shit, though. <laughs> uh, honourable mentions here from me to players like Sam Laporta, yeah. uh, Jameer Gibbs, who I think has had a decent season yeah, as well. Yeah, I can't pick between these two boys. These It's too tight for me. Um, I think Nakua, 
the records that have been broken, absolutely outstanding. Uh, I think Stroud has had a breakout season in a in a team that had no right really good, to yeah. be as good, good year for um, as they have been. So I, I'm going to go with a joint award, I think, for, for Puka Nakua and, and CJ Stroud. Just um, watch out for those splinters, Liam. Um, right, on to MVP. This is, <coughs> this is really interesting. So I want you to cast your mind back. We're on episode 22 now. I want you to cast your mind all the way back to episode one of this season where we did our predictions. And we said at the beginning of the season, we all picked who we thought the MVP might be at the end of the season. You don't need to remember yours. What's really important here is to remember mine. I said it could be for the first time in a very long time, not a quarterback that wins the MVP. I said it could be. Christian McCaffrey, who could carry his side all the way to the Super Bowl and be the MVP. So, have either of you picked CMC? For me? Yeah. Right? It comes down to this. If you had to name the top, the best QB in the league, you might pick Mahomes, you might pick Burrow, you might pick Jackson, you might pick Hurts, you might pick Stafford, you might pick any of these, any yeah. of these quarterbacks. If you want to pick the top wide receiver, you might pick Jamal Chase, you might pick Justin Jefferson, you might pick any of those players, Tyreek Hill. If you want to pick the top tight end, you might pick Kelsey, you might pick Kittle. If you want to pick the top running, if you want to pick the top offensive lineman, might be Chris Jones, might be yeah. Aaron Donald. Top cornerback, um, might be Patrick Satan, might be Darius Sneed, might be Marlon Humphrey, might be Tavon Diggs. If you want to pick the top linebacker, might be Fred Warner, might be Roquan Smith. Yeah. If you want to pick the top pass rusher, could be Garrett, could be Bosa, could be what? You want to pick the top player in his position, it's Christian McCaffrey at running back because there's nobody in his league. Yeah. He is a four-down back. He carries an offense on passing game, run game. He has been absolutely robust for them since signing for them. He's an absolute offensive monster. He stayed healthy. He's a great teammate. You never hear of anything about him that's not about that. His players love him. His team love blocking for him. He is head and shoulders the greatest player in this league. And he is this year's MVP for me. Good stuff. Uh, Dave has gone slightly different. Who have you gone for, Dave? So, when I first saw her Dana picked, the first thing that I did was look for the name of a San Francisco 49ers water boy who spends the most time handing drinks to McCaffrey. Uh, <coughs> I couldn't find that. Um, so, instead, I'm going to take the person who's going to win the MVP. Um, he's already won the MVP, it's just not been announced yet, and that's Lamar Jackson. So, the reason why, when, when, when you actually tipped Christy McCaffrey for MVP, I think what Dan and I both said to you was, yes, he's a great player, but he won't win it because he's not a quarterback. Yeah. And let's be honest, that's what's happened, mate. He's not a QB, therefore he's not won it, because he should have won it. Like yeah. he's big, He really should. So um, I do think he'll win Super Bowl MVP. And Potentially, because, yeah, almost can make up for it. Because a win, and I don't think I'll give it to Purdy. Yeah. <laughs> so I think he's but, a tip for... As but it depends, MVP. doesn't it? Because if he throws, like, three screens behind the line to three different receivers, he could end up having thrown yeah, five touchdown passes in this game, and then they probably would still give it to Purdy, even though that offense has been generated Two by everyone being terrified so. <laughs> of the curve. Uh, what what yeah, are we saying McCaffrey. then? That, so, that because Lamar is going to get the actual MVP, we should be giving this one to CMC. Is that what we're saying? Yeah, 100%. I mean, like, I, I, if, if, if he hadn't taken CMC, I'd be 100% taking him because he's been by far the best player this year. He's a, he's a threat between the tackles, which he shouldn't be. You don't look at his frame and automatically assume he's going to be able to be a traditional running back. But when he's catching the ball out of the backfield, there's no one like him. And not only that, every now and again, he does a proper wide receiver route just to show you yeah. that he could be doing that as well. His yards after the catch is incredible. Um, 
There is nobody who's performed with the same level of consistency this year. I was having a look at Lamar, and I, because he genuinely does deserve it if you just count it as a QB award. He's been the best QB this year in the regular season. It's a regular season award, right? So that, what happened, yeah, doesn't count. Um, and he 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 had a, a perfect passer rating against the Lions, 155.3 with 356 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Like, his highs are so high, but you do see, like, as you, as you look at the QB rating, you do spot, but it goes, like, 69.5, 70 70.2, 118.2, 135. Do, do you know what I mean? So yeah. there are those highs and lows with him. They need to work out a way of getting him into the playoffs where he can hit, where he can be hitting those highs. And I think it is a matter of managing his overall workload throughout the season. They did a much better job of this, yeah, they did. of that this year, which is why he was there. But he's still Lamar Jackson, and still, Lamar for me is still more capable of a totally dominant game than any other QB in the league. And, it's a cheat code. Yeah, and when he's needed to, it's Paul. I mean, I mean, like that, that catch. To himself, that that back down pass that <laughs> so caught himself. Good. He was a shoestring away of tearing right off for a touchdown, oh, um, so and good. it would have would have been unreal. Um, so I mean, like, so I know none of that counts, and I know that people are down on him after that result, and I get it. But the the Chiefs played really, really well. They game planned really well for the short passing routes. So sitting on the short passing routes when they were pressuring Lamar, so he didn't have his normal outs, and that's the next level of evolution that the Ravens need to take with that OC. He's giving themselves an answer in those situations because there are them. They just didn't use them. Um, so the ball. yeah, yeah, run the ball. Exactly right. Yeah, exactly. So so Lamar, great player, but. McCaffrey this year, Liam, you were bang on the money when you predicted he'd be the best player in the league. Look, that's really what you were saying. He was. Yeah, and I think um, what we should point out here is it's the only fucking thing that I have got right all season long, so I'm going to dine out on it. Everything else that I have decided to have a, uh, a punt on has gone horrifically and terribly wrong. It is time for the very final two-minute warning of the season. It sounds like this. And it means that we get to do our utter punts of the week nominations. I'm going first. And um, the reason that I'm going first is that I don't know the name of who's responsible for the thing that's happened, but it has annoyed me <laughs> to the point that somebody needs nominating. So, Mr. Anonymous Human Being, CBS reported this week the 49ers were unhappy with how firm their practice field was ahead of the Super Bowl. And you want to know why, ladies and gentlemen? Because somebody thought it would be a really good idea to go to the University of Las Vegas, take their turf field and lay grass over the top of the turf field. I mean, <laughs> how on earth you can anticipate that that is going to work is utterly, utterly beyond me. This is a billion dollar industry. How on earth anybody thought that was going to be firm enough to play football on absolutely mental. So whoever's decision that is from the NFL, you are an utter punt. Absolutely shocking behaviour. Dave's got I'm, his hand up. I know what they thought, mate. What did They'd they be think? Because stats are a thing, right, that you can make mean anything. It's they why are. I don't particularly believe in them in the slightest because you can just more manipulate the shit out Lies, them. damn lies and um, statistics. It, 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 exactly. So when you were here, but you're much less likely to get injuries. You've got grass that people are playing on. You might forget that that's also meant to be laid over earth rather than turf. Yeah. So I, they I, probably made a statistical change <laughs> to make sure no one got injured before the game, thinking it would be better for the players rather than actually hiding from them the pitfalls of what was there. How on 
earth America's somebody thought this is somebody's <clears throat> job though isn't it somebody's job was to find a facility that was good enough for an American football team to practice on <coughs> ahead of playing a Super Bowl on a grass turf in Las Vegas it cannot be that hard to find a, a piece of grass big enough to get 52 players to train on ahead of absolutely batshit mental uh, yeah so whoever's idea that was get in the bin uh, Dan who have you gone for uh, Kadarius Tony. so um, you ended last season on a real high you won you won your team the Super Bowl some of the players were outstanding and you like you were due to fulfil your potential this year you've been a joke um, they keep putting the ball in your hands you keep letting it fall out of your hands into usually into the team's hands and you keep costing your team points so they took you out of the game plan they took you out of the team really uh, and that's it they've started playing well since then and they actually come out and said by taking him out, they've simplified the game plan. And actually, it's working better. <coughs> so, during the Ravens game, he comes out and says, you're telling the world I'm injured. I'm not injured. I'm fit and healthy to play. They're trying to protect you, Kadarius, because you're shit. Um, so, they're trying to not to tell you that because they probably want to trade you at the end of the year because you've been terrible. Yeah. Um, so, don't argue and make yourself look like a delinquent as well as being shit because then you, no one wants to coach you. Um, and then for this week for the Super Bowl, they've said... He was interviewed and he said, do you think you're a number one receiver? And his answer was, yeah, if they only gave me the ball. They did give you the ball a number of times and you handed it to the other team. You prick. Get out of the way. Let your team win the Super Bowl. Good stuff. Uh, Dave, this is an interesting name at the top of my list for your Punt of the Week nomination. Uh, ben Johnson, the uh, offensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions. Uh, and I'll tell you why. It's a couple of reasons. The main one I'll save, but let's get into the, the little story about what he's been up to this week. So Ben Johnson apparently was devastated after the, the Lions loss. Um, and obviously he's a very in-demand coach, and so he'd been interviewing for some positions. And um, he basically had agreed to join the Washington, uh, allegedly, I should say allegedly, because there's more than one school of thought as to what's going on in this area. But he apparently had agreed to join Washington, and indeed the owners uh, and the GM and all the people that he'd be working with were on a private plane to go and visit him to get him officially signed up. And while we were on the plane, the text messages came through saying that he changed his mind and was staying at the uh, Detroit Lions. Now, first of all, there's shades of a certain Josh McDaniels uh, in terms of when he turned down a job having apparently accepted it already. Um, now, I don't know if it's quite that far with, with Ben Johnson, but... After that happened, um, the Washington came out and basically did a couple of little interviews where they said, oh, no, he was never our leading man anyway. We always wanted Dan Quinn, right? Okay. Now, bearing in mind what you've just done, Ben Johnson, mm -hmm. which is to completely like, stitch people up, why you take that personally? I don't know. You just let that go. You show some good grace and you let it go. What you don't do is to release comments in your own right saying, well, actually, I didn't think they interviewed particularly well with me. They seem more like basketball guys than football guys. That's fair. Not good. Now, that in its own right will probably be enough to give him a punt of the week. But my major problem with it is if I think he's staying with the goddamn Lions. <laughs> I get you, man. <laughs> get out of here. Get out uh, of here. <laughs> beautiful. Uh, that's all we've got time for on this episode. It's been an absolute pleasure being with you over the course of this season. Huge thanks needs to go to Dan and to Dave, who are here every week, mostly until Dave's back spasm means that we've got a parachute Ollie in. Uh, 
it, look, without you, we don't have a podcast. So thank you both so much for the time that you give up. It's an absolute pleasure. I look forward to seeing you both at the weekend for this live show. To uh, producer Andy, who sits quietly in a corner and then grafts his nuts off to make sure that this goes up on time and in the right places. Um, thank you very much to you. We will see you, without a doubt, in the off-season when we're talking about various things, including the draft and looking ahead to next season. And we cannot wait to be back with you. Enjoy the Super Bowl. We will see you soon. 